yes, so welcome back everyone to a very special episode of the podcast. And today we are joined by three wonderful people, or actually two wonderful people, one of them could join us. Um, so let's see here. So, so first of all, please, how did this um, LGBT positive disability project get started? Please give us an overview of this project. Oh, basically, uh, personally, I knew Nicole Marie Park from CRPD uh, a while back, not that long, but I went to a meeting lately to a religious LGBTI group and she was there and she told me, listen, I have this idea that I would like to make a, a podcast collecting the stories of LGBTI people within the disability sec sector. And slowly Nicole started working on them, on the podcast and collecting people, seeing who we know. Then I believe she contacted Naomi and slowly it started to form. It was a bit challenging to find places to film and to prepare everything, but I she managed pretty well. Yeah, well, okay, so thank you, Matt, for the introduction. Sorry about that. It's just that Nicole was waiting to let in, and I just told her that I invited you in. Sorry about that. Yeah. So, basically, so did the two of you, Naomi, um, Matt, did the two of you have greater a greater amount of difficulty coming out due to your in, intersecting identities? Well, it's less to do with coming out and more to do with understanding what I what my identity was from the very beginning, because um, as I had mentioned in my introduction, I was only diagnosed as autistic at age 19. So because of that, I had to mask my autistic traits. Now, um, from my own personal perspective, autism and queerness go hand in hand because it's all to do with social norms and stuff like that, you know. So it took me a while to understand this and only once I started learning about autism and I learned to unmask that I could really embrace my uh, queer identity as well. Um, now the issues were coming out was more because of the Hello. past experience. Hi Nick. <laughs> Okay, sorry, did we start? Sorry. It was more to do with my past experiences because of my autism. I was always taught to hide or, or things like that. So it, become, it became very difficult for me to express myself. Now that's something that I'm starting to unlearn now. I'm unlearning all the harmful things I was doing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I have a bit of a different experience. Um, because since I have PTSD, people thought that I'm question, questioning my sexuality and my gender because of the trauma. So since the years of abuse that I went through, when I came out as first at the age of 14 as lesbian, uh, everyone said, oh, because you're scared of men now, you don't, you want to eliminate men, but that wasn't the thing. Like, and I didn't find that much of support the first time round. People used it against me. 
Then when I was uh, 16, I came out as a trans man, but it still didn't feel right. And people still thought, like even professionals, they said, oh, okay, you're trying to become the man, you know, like after the abuse, but it doesn't make sense because if I'm trans, I'm trans, full stop. And then at the age of 19, I came out as non-binary and that fits just right. And when I personally felt that it was right, people started treating me like I'm, I know what I'm doing, because I used to question myself, so I wasn't sure about myself. So that portrayed as insecure and unsure, and people didn't believe me. I didn't have the right words to communicate what I'm feeling. So it was challenging dealing with my PTSD and my discovery of her gender and sexuality. Yeah, and so what challenges do people within the LGBT community, like people like you who have disabilities and are members of this community face compared to their non-disabled, non like able like able-bodied counterparts. So I think personally, for example, I have some sensory issues when it comes to let's say lighting, um, the amount of people, um, I don't know, sound. Um, people touching, even since I have PTSD, if people touch me, I tend to flinch. So before I go for going to any events, for example, I have to analyze the event. Is it a safe space? Am I going to have my friends around? Do they have gender neutral bathrooms or are the bathrooms inclusive? Um, are, is it going to be accessible if I need to go step outside to calm down and relax? You know, I have to go the what ifs and what will happen and plan A, plan B and structures, which can be tiring personally. And I think also to my friends sometimes, cause we might plan that we're going, let's say to this bar, which is which are very limited in Malta. And then I have to stop everything cause I need to go outside and I can't continue staying inside. So it's stressful to say the least. Yeah, that part's really relatable to me as well, but with autism as well, because of course, sensory overload. So not only do you face like the struggles and challenges because of your disability, it's piled on with the LGBT as well. And I find their histories and their the struggles that both groups face were really hand in hand, because once again, there are both things that you can't change, you're born with, and um, things that generally society doesn't like to focus on, you know? So there's that double pylon. And even then, I do find that disabilities are extremely stigmatized, even within the LGBT community. Um, they'll go and they have, like, at least in my personal experiences, there's the reasoning that they're already a discriminated group, so they can't let in an even more stigmatized group. Otherwise, it'll make their struggles worse which isn't the case of course but that's the perception i've found i don't know if you found similar experiences Matt. also personally i think personally i'm able-bodied i don't use a wheelchair a cane um i'm not blind or deaf so in that part i don't find it challenging but if i had to make use of a wheelchair 
it would be a nightmare to go in a club, at a party, at a, the Pride March is accessible to a certain point, more the venue, it's unaccessible, which in Malta, the whole country is unaccessible. For yes. example, last time we had the first Gozo Pride and a friend of mine was in a wheelchair because she broke her leg and they couldn't go around. We had to walk literally with the wheelchair in the middle of the streets, in the road, cars passing by, and it was completely inaccessible. So I can't imagine, they only had it for one week. Imagine your life like that, you can't go to parties or a social with other people because it's limited. Yes. Yeah, and so, so like for example, what what are your opinions of like people within the LGBT community who have disabilities being portrayed in the media? Like for example, the first time I ever came across like I'd say the concept of someone with a disability who's also LGBT was in like the TV show special, which had a one of the cast members of Big Bang Theory as one of the producers. And that was, I, I just found it very quite interesting. Like, how do, how do you feel like the media portrays people in that sort of way? Well, I found that the representation is slowly getting better, especially in like children's shows, like Owl House has some good rep, but um, generally the representation that we get on both fronts, uh, now I can speak mostly from the autism side of the point of view, but I mean, with the LGBT, I mean, we have very, very few asexual characters. Like, um, I believe there's one in Bojack uh, that was very good representation. But apart from that, I'm not too sure of any others. Um, there's also uh, the trope that bisexuals are here to cheat on their partners and all that, which isn't true either. And um, yeah, non-binary rep is slowly ramping up as well, but I think there still needs to be a lot more to be explored. It just even with autism, most of the time they are written by non-autistic, so allistic writers. And because of that, lots of stereotypes and misconceptions go in, like um, savant syndrome or being portrayed as a burden when really and truly autism is like a neutral trait, like saying, obviously it comes with a lot more, um, not consequences, because consequences is very, Challenges. Uh, effects, yeah, like like effects. The saying that you have like brown hair, for example, but it should be seen as something neutral. It has both good and bad points to it. Um, but really and truly, sometimes the shows only focus on the good or only focus on the bad. They become one dimensional, and it just keeps the, the, the stereotypes going. And unfortunately, the media then affects real life because, say, like someone like me didn't get diagnosed to begin with because I was verbal and because I was assigned female at birth and the perception was that if you're both you can't you can't be autistic and that isn't the case. Um, personally since my disability it's more on mental health um, we're always portrayed as the crazy ones as the delusional ones um, psychotic so we're always the ones that cause the trouble in the tv shows which is far from it because 
Um, most of the time, I'm not even able to go out of the house, let alone be chaotic outside. So it's still challenging, especially when you tell people that you have PTSD. Oh, even I have PTSD, you know, and it's uh, not even diagnosed or it's not even PTSD. They throw it around. So representation, it's we're still getting there when it comes to mental health. But also have some groundbreaking TV shows, for example, Sex Education, that literally showed what the challenges to go through as a teenager expressing exploring your gender, your sexuality, which is really great, but it's just one show over millions, but it's a good start, I believe. Yeah, I, I think the number one thing is to hire more writers who are of these identities to then get it right, you know. Yeah, same here. I think I'd like to add a comment as well. Um, and this topic is something which I too find like very interesting, because I mean, from Walti's perspective, if you have to look at the programs that we produce, the only time that I at least remember that we included anyone with a disability, but we didn't focus on the disability, they were just like taking part in the show, was Becky. It's a show that yes. I mean, they just included one person with Down syndrome because they felt pity. Not for the sake of, oh, she's a good actress, we can include her, talk about her disability, um, bring out certain, I don't know, points about the disability and actually portray her as a character and as a person who has the disability. No, we just include her just so we include her, you know? Or like, I think the at least from the multi side, we definitely need to start upping our game when it comes to new episodes or... We need to give these individuals their time to shine as well. Not we don't just put them there just because, you know. Like we have we have this thing here in Malta, which unfortunately when we see certain people, not from my end, of course, I don't do that. I mean, I have an autistic brother, as you know perfectly well, Joshua. You, um, uh, we had our podcast recently, and I told you about my story. So I don't like it when there are certain individuals who see certain people, whether they're autistic or have ADHD or Down syndrome, and they see them do the slightest thing which any person can do, even just simply as giving a speech or talking to a person or telling their own story. And they use a word, Malta means like, oh, you poor thing, sort of, like we're, we're pitying them. We say, oh, miskin, miskin. Now, we're trying, at least from the CRPT's end, to inform people that we shouldn't, we, we don't need to use that term with them. We don't need to portray people with disability as heroes because they are capable of doing whatever, I'm, I'm going to use the term normal for the sake of argument. We all can do any simple task. Even if you have a disability, whether it's physical or mental, or we need to stop portraying these people as these poor, unfortunate souls that unfortunately were born this way and unfortunately can't do a lot in their life. We need to give them more time to express themselves, to find what they love, 
to perhaps, I don't know, continue studying and uh, find the job that they want to do and get the proper training that they need and stop being discriminated. Because unfortunately, Monta, at least from CRPDs, and we get a lot of discrimination um, reports um, of people who, for instance, wanted to find a job and have some sort of a normal life like everyone else. Go get a job, get money, save, you know what I mean? And yet the employer either abuse them or just take horrible advantage of them because of their disability or either treat them like they're nothing. We need to stop this, especially in our country. Um, I, I'm pretty sure this happens globally, but again, I'm talking from a Maltese perspective here. If we're going to include any new characters in media, when it comes to the Maltese production, I think they should honestly come to and talk with the people who actually have the disability. Ask them, what do you want to portray as a character? What would you like to see in our new episodes? Because I mean, I can easily go on Netflix and watch something, but like Naomi and Matthew both were saying, some of those characters unfortunately were portrayed as a stereotype and not the way they should be portrayed. Like for instance, I think the best example I can think of at this point is um, Special came out recently. The actor himself has the disability. He is not acting out the disability. And the fact that the producers wanted to find a person who was part of the LGBT and has the disability, has been through it all his life, made the show even more, well, special, <laughs> I guess. And what do you guys think? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I definitely see the difference when it is written by people of those identities. Like, for example, I didn't mention this before. I don't know how I didn't. Dead End Paranormal Park on Netflix. That one, the main character is a trans man. And written by, and also the main, the main story as well was written by an autistic person. The second protagonist is also autistic, uh, Norma. And she is, I honestly the most accurate portrayal of autism I've seen, and it's from a cartoon, <laughs> which is um, a bit, but you know, it's, it's, it's great that there is someone who portrays both the good and the bad, just, just, she's just a character, she's human sort of thing, and that's, uh, that's what we need. We need more human characters, not just either a superhero or portrayed as a person. You need, you need a normal human portrayal. So, and what, what, well, like one of the, like, why do you think it's important to, I do, for example, make this episode and raise awareness about LGBT people with disabilities? Personally, I think it's important that we start to highlight the intersectionality of our identities. Within the LGBT community, there are not only the LGBT community, we're just not only queer, we can be migrants, we can be asylum seekers, we can be parents, we can be people of age, people of color, disabled, everything. So we need to start exploring the wonderful people within the community and seeing how we can make it accessible and more inclusive.
So at this point, we're talking about disability, which I believe has never been talked about in Malta before. But it's important because when you're just targeting the queer people, you're leaving a huge part of them out. Okay, fine, you're focusing, for example, on queer people, but if you're making it inaccessible, you're removing the disabled queer individuals. If you're going to make it, I don't know, um, a type of party where it's unsafe for trans people, you're excluding more people. If you're organizing it in a place that's the owner's racist, you're, you're excluding people of color. So we, jo we just focus on being queer. We're not going to get far. It's important to remember that Pride started by trans women of color who were sex workers and they were poor. So we can't forget about where we came from at the end of the day, because we're going to erase our own history. So it's important to explore our intersectional identities as far as they go. That was really well put. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know how I'm going to follow <laughs> up to that one, to be honest. But yeah, no. What you said is humanity is a lot more diverse and beautiful than just being one identity. We need to really focus on everyone and show. This is one of the main points of why I'd like why I'm so open about these things. We need to show people that it's okay. It's okay to be themselves. Slowly, slowly, hopefully, people won't fear because I I was afraid to to be out both of my disability and my queerness because we see it happen, don't we? We see transphobia everywhere. I mean, even now with everything. So if we're it would be more normalized, you know, people will see us and hopefully <laughs> eventually the, the perception will change because once again, this leads back to the media. We're portrayed by stereotypes for so long. I mean, a queer bait, uh, not a queer baiting, uh, queer coding villains and even lots of villains had disabilities as well. It, it, it leaves a mark. So hopefully we can erase that mark. <laughs> well, not erase it because it needs to be that as well. But, yeah. No, for my end, um, I am just happy that this project took off from last year. I honestly had no idea that it would make such an effect. Um, from last year, I was lucky enough to meet Naomi and Matthew um, and many others, might I add in Malta, um, who are both part of the LGBT and have their own disability. Um, I feel as a person who is biromantic, of, I mean, I don't have a disability, but again, with my brother, at least I have the idea of what these people are going through. I just hope that as time goes by, this project gets heard even more as years go by and I just want the message to go out there that listen, just because a person <laughs> is part of the LGBT and has a disability does not mean that it's a taboo. That needs to stop. We are moving into the future. We can't take 
one step forward and then take 10 steps back, you know? There are people who exist in the, both these minorities together, not just in Malta, also in Gozo. I mean, Gozo, I've kept this topic hush-hush for so long, and it's about time that they get their voices heard. Like um, in this podcast that CRPD and MGRM worked on, we hope that people listen to what these participants have to say. Their voices need to be heard. And I hope that by next year, there's going to be Europe Pride in Malta. I hope that CRPD and MGRM can do something even greater and give a stronger voice to these individuals because at the end of the day, we exist. And it's about time that we showed our colors with pride. I don't know about you too, but um, I am like honored to have met both of you and the other individuals who unfortunately um, couldn't make it for this podcast, for the LGBT Plus Disability Podcast. Um, I just hope that this podcast goes off with a bang and that people hopefully around the world get to see this podcast and see that, listen, we, there needs to be a change, not just in Malta, but all over the world. Yeah, well, I couldn't have said it by myself. So thank you guys for being here. Oh, and in case if, you, if any of you were curious about why we're doing it this month and not in June, it's because in, in September 2017, Malta finally legalized, well, homosexuality and being LGBT. September is Malta's Pride Month, and they recently had the, the Gozo Pride March. And, well, if any of you would like to support Maltese Pride, please follow Naomi and Matt. Both their socials will be in the description box below. And is there anything else, like, Nicole, is there anything you want to, I don't know, about how they can support your initiative and support Maltese Pride? Well, of course, well, from my end, you can follow CRPD's page on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We always show awareness on every disability, including the LGBT plus disability podcast. Um, if you want to learn more about us, just follow us there. And again, happy Pride to Malta and Gozo. Um, Today, the third episode came out, so please head to our website. The links are all there, and I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the podcast, and I hope that you get to hear what Naomi and Matthew had to say during their episode. Um, trust me, it was very interesting, very enlightening. Please go watch it, and please like, share, comment. Show it with your friends. This needs to be heard. It is an amazing podcast, and I guarantee you that you will enjoy it. Well, Naomi, Matt, do either of you want to like share any? Do you have either of you any last remarks you want to make? So, if any of you want to follow me on Instagram, uh, my tag is Super Transboy. Um, also, if you want to follow MGRM's Facebook account, Instagram account, and TikTok account. Um, you can also make donations at the moment 
we're doing as much as possible to fundraise for Dar al which was going to be like a stepping stone for youths and individuals who face challenges such as homelessness, and they will have a all-rounded support within Dar al So if anyone wants to do any donations towards that, we'll be more than happy. And um, from my end, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm known as the Multisortist on there. Um, and I just really hope that everyone has a good, has a happy ride, stay safe, and remember that it's okay to be you. Yeah. Once again, couldn't have said by myself. So thank you, guys. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Naomi. And thank you, Matt, for being here today. Uh, and thank you, Joshua, for having us on this podcast, in my case, second time running. Yeah. Thank you very much for hearing our stories about, about this podcast. We really appreciate it. Right, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Yeah, so let's see here. Let's stop recording. Thank you.